everyone. You may be wondering, why do I have this bag of luggage with me? It's because I'm preparing for something, getting ready for something. Anytime I travel, it's an exciting time for me. It's thrilling. I look forward to it. If you ask anybody, ask anybody. Preparation for a journey is incredibly important. And in the busyness of life, how many know we can be very busy? I have a grandmother who's turning 90 this July. She's been retired for over 25 years. And when I call her, she tells me I'm busy. Everybody is busy. But in the busyness of life, it's important that we get away with God. That we set time to seek his face, to know his thoughts, to know his heart. Lord, what is on your mind? See, oftentimes we see that when we get away, we can get a fresh revelation of who God is and who he is in our lives. And we as a church, we're about to embark upon a journey together. We've titled it, Joining Jesus in Prayer. And I'm excited about it because I believe this is gonna be an opportunity for us to connect deeply with God. But we use a 40-day journey model. You may be wondering, well, why 40 days? Well, 40 days is not an arbitrary number. 40 days it was used in the Bible in many times when God transformed a nation, a people, or even solved a problem that was difficult and only God could intervene. We see it throughout scripture. Moses, he went up to Mount Sinai for 40 days on two occasions to get God's heart, to get his law. We see it even with Noah. He didn't open the windows of the ark until after 40 days. 40 days is special because Jonah the prophet spoke to the city of Nineveh and gave them a warning. It said, if you do not get right, the Lord will cast judgment. He did it for 40 days. The prophet Ezekiel, he did it for 40 days too. He was on his right side, which symbolized the sins of Judah. He laid on his right side for 40 days. We see Elijah. For 40 days, he walked to and journeyed to Mount Horeb to hear the voice of God. So 40 days is an important time and season for seeking God. And there's no greater example of 40-day journey than the example of Jesus Christ. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. And as you're arriving there, this is a journey that Jesus was about to embark upon. For 40 days and 40 nights, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. But how did Jesus prepare? How did he get ready? 
How did he get his heart, his mind, his soul ready for the journey? And in turn, how do we get ready for our journey? Well, as we see in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, it brings it to a fresh revelation for us. Starting at verse 13, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. After years of silence in Nazareth, Jesus hears the preaching of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a fiery preacher. And here Jesus is listening to him, and he says, I want to put myself up. I want to sign up for baptism. Can you imagine that? Here, the Savior of the world, here, the Messiah, here, the Redeemer is signing up for baptism. Let's make this really practical. A couple of weeks ago, we hosted a baptismal service where many said, I want to be baptized. Could you imagine if we were here in Rockaway and we had a baptismal service and Jesus was sitting about a couple of rows back and he raised his hand and said, yeah, sign me up. I'm going to be baptized. I want one of those shirts. We would, we would say, what? That, that's crazy. You're, you're Jesus. What do you mean you're going to get baptized? Well, John the Baptist had the same question. He was like, wait, 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 wait. My baptism is for the repentance of sin. And scripture says that Jesus never sinned. So why would you place yourself as a candidate for baptism? Well, Jesus' response shows us the heart of God. Because he said, let it be so now that I can fulfill all righteousness. What is Jesus saying? Those that were waiting for the Messiah, they were waiting for one who was righteous and one that would bring all righteousness. So Jesus made a decision. He said, if I'm going to be that Messiah to the world, I must identify with sinners. Let me put it in another way. Jesus put himself as a candidate for baptism to say, I want to identify with you. I'm so thankful we serve a God that doesn't just sit on a high throne, but will meet us right where we are. He will come down and meet us at our point of need. I don't care how low we are. God says, I'll meet you right where you are. That's enough to praise God about. So we see here, Jesus is in a position to say, yes, sign me up. And John consented. But here's the key. How did Jesus prepare for the journey he was about to go on? He decided to be baptized, and this is what he did. 
How did he prepare for the journey? He focused on the destination. On the destination. Jesus was focused, determined, disciplined. And as we embark on this 40-day journey, here's my question for you. What are you expecting God to do? One of the things when I've been a part of a journey before, a spiritual journey that is, where I was praying and fasting and seeking God, and I realized sometimes I would do it because the church called me to do it. Okay, I'll do it. Everybody else is doing it. I don't want to be eating. Everyone's fasting. And how many know when you're fasting, that's the time everyone invites you to lunch and dinners. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, they're always inviting you. <laughs> but what I've learned through this journey process is that I need to focus on the destination. Where am I going? What do I want God to do? How do I want God to break through in my life? So that is why I brought my luggage. Now, this is exclusive, by the way. I don't let everybody see what's in my luggage. But I want to show you because oftentimes when traveling, remember, I have to check that I'm not too heavy or too light but just right. When I open my luggage, one of the things that I typically bring, now, granted, it's on my phone, it's on my iPad, but I like to bring a photo of my family. So I have my parents, and I have my grandmother, and I have a younger version of myself and my wife. And I bring these along with me, why? Because I, now, they're not necessarily framed, but I just did that for our illustration right now. But, but sometimes it's in my wallet. And why do I do that? It's because I want them to know that they're close to me, to my heart. It's to know that even when I'm journeying by myself, they are always with me. It's as if I'm taking my family with me. I have a question for you today. When you're on a journey, do you take anyone with you? See, Jesus, although he took journeys of solitude, he would always take people with him. You're like, well, wait a minute. I thought he was alone. He was physically, but he always took someone spiritually. He always had intercession in mind. He always kept people at the heart of what he did. So I bring in my luggage family, photos, so that I have a connection. And my question for you, as we embark on this 40-day journey, who are you taking with you? There is someone that needs your prayers. There's someone that needs your intercession. This is what I do. I bring my family photos. Now, another thing that I bring that I love to have with me is my prayer list. Now, this happens to be my new devotional that I have and my little journal I write in. And I write out a prayer list. Now, you can use your phone, your iPad, other technical devices, but there's something about writing. I don't know, somebody lost the art of writing, right? right writing letters. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Well, letter, what? So write down a prayer list. I pray for my family, for my wife, for my family, for my parents, for my, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. I put it all down, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my, nie my niece, my nephew. Why do I do that? It's because I want to keep them lifted up in prayer. 
But when I go on a journey, I've also recognized that I need to write people's names down as I'm going along the way. How many of us met people along the way we said, let me pray for you? Be careful, because they may ask you, did you pray for me? Right? So you want to make sure you remember. Write their names down while you're going on the journey. These are things that I take with me on my journey with God as I'm journeying even in a natural trip. But here's the key. Take people with you. There's someone that's in need of your prayer and intercession. A.W. Tozer once said, the more difficult the journey, the more satisfying the destination. There are going to be times, even when we embark on a journey, where it's difficult. It's challenging. I remember one time, my wife and I, we were heading down to Virginia where my parents live. It was a simple flight. 45 minutes. That's it. We get to the airport. You know what they tell us? We're so sorry. Now, the flight was about 7 o'clock in the morning. We're so sorry but your flight is delayed. Okay, no problem. You know, we understand. How long? Um, about 2 o'clock this afternoon. So we had to make a decision. Do we leave the airport and come back, or do we stay? And I figured, you know what, let's just, I don't want to go back and forth. Let's just stay. They already checked in all of Let's just stay. And here we are in Newark International Airport for hours, people watching, saying, hi, how you doing, huh? Writing emails. Hi, hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, we're spending all day in the airport. Now, yeah, it was inconvenienced. We were inconvenienced, absolutely. But we did get to our destination. There are going to be times where your journey will not be as simple as you thought. There may be some challenges that come your way that are unexpected, but know this God is with you, He hasn't left you. He's with you. So as we're on this journey, focus on the destination. How else do we prepare as we look at Jesus' life? We not only focus on the destination, but we focus on his affirmation. Yeah, his affirmation. That's what freed me from people-pleasing. That's what freed me from trying to do things to get someone else's love. I'm so thankful that God affirms me. I said, I'm so glad that God affirms it. Yeah, sometimes we need to be reminded of that because we're on a job or we're in ministry or we're doing things for the appeasement of other people. And we're not recognizing that are we missing out on pleasing God? So focus on his affirmation. Let's look at Matthew 3, verse 17. It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. This is one of the most critical passages of Scripture, and here's why. It is a moment where three persons of the Godhead show up. The Father speaks to the Son and says, I am well pleased. 
Jesus is the one, the son being baptized, and the Holy Spirit comes and descends like a dove on Jesus. In one moment, God, in all his power, in all his authority, shows up. It's a powerful moment. And as we look at this, we see that the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus, not for visual, not for it to be viral, not for it to be on YouTube. No, what he does, he descends upon Jesus to empower Jesus for what's about to come. You, you may be wondering, oh, hey, Lord, you're just blessing me. He may be blessing you because he knows up, up around the road, you're going to need that blessing to weather the storm. See, God knows what we need even before we ask. And God knows what we need and how we need to prepare. Jesus needed the strengthening of the Holy Spirit before he embarked on a 40-day and 40-night journey. And the Father announced his affirmation of Jesus. It wasn't because Jesus did something. It wasn't because he had a special ministry moment. He affirmed Jesus out of relationship. Because you're my son, I affirm you. Because you're my family, I affirm you. I see you. Even when you make a mistake, I still love you. Even when you fall short, I still love you. Even if you don't have to perform for my love, you don't have to stage something for my love, my love is for you. And that's good news. That's the news of the gospel. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but no matter what you've done, no matter what season you've been in, there are going to be times when you're saying, God, I messed up so much, I don't know if I could ever recover. God says to you, his love is for you too. Because John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have what? everlasting life. So that applies to you too. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, Jesus loves you. Turn to the person you ignored and say, Jesus loves you. There was someone you didn't turn to. <laughs> so as we're going on this journey, on this 40-day journey, hear me today, we're discovering the greatness of his love. And whether you join the journey or you're in this place where it says, well, I may refrain. God loves you the same. But I want to encourage you to join the journey. And here's why. He is drawing you deeper. And he's saying, I want to show you greater things. I want to reveal my heart to you. Would you come closer to me? Would you come closer? I don't want this moment to end. Would you come closer? I remember on this point of focusing on his affirmation. One of the things that I typically do, I want to make sure that in my luggage, I have the word of God. And sometimes with the word of God, I have CDs. I know these are out of I know. I, I, I understand. I, I know. But I do. I have some CDs. Um, <laughs> Um, for 
the millennials or younger people in the room are like, please, I'm not, I may not be a millennial, but I still use it. Um, these are my AirPods, right? I hook this up to my, my phone and I have all my music. Why? There are times I need to be encouraged along the way. Anytime you're on the journey, you need to be encouraged. It may be long, it may be trying, it may be challenging. You need to be reminded. So I pop these in. Most of the time it's worship, Bethel, Hillsong, Christ Church, come on. And then other times, it's songs that inspire me, songs that build me up. So it may not be um, a worship leader, it may be because I'm happy. I don't know, but it's something that's encouraging me to move forward. And I remember recently I was on a journey. This past February, I had the opportunity to go with 35 other pastors and leaders to the nation of Israel. I really thought that I would go to Israel in the latter part of my life, you know, year, years down the line. And here in 2019, I'm being invited to come. By the way, all expenses paid. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, 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 figured, I, fig, I figured I'd add that just so that you, you understand I was a little bit overwhelmed by the invitation. Because I'm like, who am I? I'm dealing with people around me, leaders and pastors that are known around the world. God is using them in great ways. And here I am, and I'm saying, how, have you been in the room where you're wondering, how did I get here? How? How? Who, who called me? Who, who, who recommended me? And here I am traveling to Israel. And I struggled if I'm being honest, I struggled with self-worth. How did I get here? Why am I here? And here I am journeying with these pastors and leaders, and we're in the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on the water. We're in Capernaum, where Jesus, the town of Jesus. Here we are seeing the great sights of Jerusalem. It was powerful. It was profound. But one of the things that I wanted to do before I left Israel, I wanted to be baptized in the Jordan like Jesus. But I wasn't sure if we would have the opportunity. Well, one day, the host of the trip said, well, I don't know if anybody wants to take advantage of this, but we have some time. We're going to the Jordan River. Is there anyone that would like to be baptized in the Jordan? I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I want to be, yeah, that's me, yeah, 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 sign me up, right? So we get there, and I put on my baptismal gown, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've baptized many people over the years. I've been a part of baptismal service, but this was different. This, this was not a pool. This was the Jordan River, and here I am about to embark on this experience. I'm on this journey. And they motioned to me to walk into the water. I'm thinking maybe it's nice, nice and warm, you know, a little toasty. You know, no, 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 no. This water is cold, cold. And here I am, I'm going into the Jordan. Now, as you can tell, you know, I'm not six, seven feet. So the water's like right here. I'm like, all right, all right. And that's what happened that day. Here on the screen, I was being baptized in the Jordan River. 
And just so happened, one of the pastors that was on the trip was Josh Finley. He has spoken here. He's a friend of our ministry. And he happened to take that photo. Behind me was dove. They were doves behind me as I'm being baptized. And one of my friends said, no way. You, photo, you, you, you did something to that photo. You cropped it, Photoshop. What did you really do? No, it happened. And I remember being baptized and my whole issue of self-worth and that feeling of am I adequate, am I worthy, God says, I affirm you. In that one moment, God reminded me of his affirmation. And, and so when I had this experience, to my, to my left in the photo is Bishop Robert Stearns. He hosted the trip. To my other side, it was uh, Pastor Rusty Nelson from Alabama. He's a pastor serving at a great church, the Rock Church. And they both baptized me in the water. And when I, when I emerged from that water, there was a sense of affirmation from the Father. That no matter what I go through, I can always hearken back to that and say, God loves me. And you may not be in Israel, you may not go to Jerusalem, but right where you are in Rockaway, New Jersey, I want to remind you, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. So focus on his affirmation. And many of you here today, you may have been hurt by what others have said about you. I just want to take a pause here. Because there are times when people will say, you won't measure up. You might have been raised in a household that said the same thing. But the scriptures say differently. That no matter where you come from, no matter what your experience is, no matter what mistakes you made, God says, I'm a redemptive God that can save you and redeem you. So focus on his affirmation. How do we prepare for the journey? We focus on the destination, and we focus on his affirmation. But the third thing in getting ready, getting ready. We're getting ready, y'all. We're getting ready. Here's what we need to do. We need to focus on my transformation, on your transformation. There is a transformation that God wants to do in your heart. And one of the things that I've learned to do, even in packing, Remember, these are my photos, I put that in. I have my music, I put that in. I have my worship, I put that in. I have my prayer list and my journal that I write in, I put that in. But how many know, in any luggage, um, you need clothes? <laughs> you, you, you need to prepare? And one of the things that I've learned to do is make sure that I'm prepared for any season. When I'm packing, because you never know. And I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, when then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. It's one of the few times in Scripture that you will see that Jesus was hungry. He was hungry, naturally hungry. And as we look at scripture, the devil tried it. 
Yeah, the devil tried it. He tried it. When Jesus was hungry, this is when the devil tried to give him other things to whet his appetite. So the first temptation was to satisfy his physical appetite. The second temptation, while he's during that 40 days and 40 nights, the second temptation was for personal gain. The third temptation was for personal glory. And he tried, hear this, the enemy tried to use the word of God, but he altered it. Yeah. So he tried to quote scripture to Jesus. This this gets me. (laughs) He tried to dupe Jesus, who is the word. That doesn't make sense. But this is how the enemy operates. And he will offer us great things, quote unquote, if we don't know the word. Notice that Jesus did not give him his opinion. He said it is written. He would always respond with the word. Why? Because he was focused on his transformation. Jesus was not having any of it, and as a result, he succeeded. That's why Hebrews 4, verse 15 tells us, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in what? Every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus did not entertain the lies of the enemy. You're unworthy. You don't have it together. You made a mistake. You've fallen short. Jesus said, I know who I am. I am the son of God. I know who I am. I shall not depend on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I know who I am. And as we embark on this journey, we need to know who we are, but we need to prepare. We need to prepare for transformation. This is not just 40 days of going on a journey or a ride. It's time to be complacent. Because A.W. Tozer once said, complacency is the deadly enemy of spiritual progress. The contented soul is the stagnant soul. When you feel like, oh, I'm good. I don't need any more of God. I'm good where I am. God says that is the prime opportunity where the enemy will try to wiggle his way in. But I don't want to be content with just a little bit of God. I want all that God has. I want all of his presence. How many want all of God's presence in this room? So so I gotta prepare, y'all. I have to prepare. And in preparing, I have to make sure, even in my luggage when I travel, that I'm prepared for every season. Not just for where I am, but for where I'm going. Have you ever seen anybody travel and they never check the weather? Never check the weather channel? So where, you're, where you are is sunny and nice and 80 degrees. Praise the Lord. And then you go somewhere and it's what? Cold, blistery. So what do I do? I bring out my shirts, my, my short sleeve shirt. I bring out my swimming trunks. Okay, that's enough. All right. Um, I bring out, <laughs> yeah, if I need to get in the pool, I bring out my jogging pants. Why? Because I may want to run. I may want to exercise. I may want to do some things. My wife always tells me, Ryan, make sure you layer. 
Make sure you layer. Because if it gets cold, you can put something on. If it gets hot, you can what? Take it right off. So I make sure I put my shirts and all this in here. Why? Because I want to make sure I'll, prepare, I'll make that nice later. I want to make sure that I am prepared. And here's the thing. Here's the question I have in our spiritual journey with God. Are you prepared? Are you ready to put on love? To put on righteousness? To put on compassion and grace? Are you ready for the clothes that you're going to need for your next season? Are you prepared? Some of us are saying, well, this is how it's always been. It is what it is. You know, this is life. Have you ever heard that conversation? It is what it is. You know. It's Monday. You know, go to work, do what I got to do, make some errands. And that type of attitude brings about complacency and stagnancy. God says, this is what I want to do. I want to break through in your life in ways that are miraculous, signs and wonders. I want to show you who I really am. I want you to know my presence. I want you to pray big prayers and daring prayers. You know what I mean by that, praying daring prayers? I'm talking about when someone is sick and they receive a diagnosis and you know what the medical team has said, but you just believe by faith that God can heal their body. And you pray in that regard. I'm talking about daring prayers where you see something on the news and you don't say, oh, I'm sorry. But you look at it and say, God, change that nation. Bring about healing to those people. I ask God that you change those territories. I'm talking about praying daring prayers. That God can transform every heart. So how do we prepare for our journey? We first focus on the destination. We focus on his affirmation, and then we focus on our transformation. That's God's heart for us. And I believe as a church, God is ready to do something. He's not only ready to do something, but he's also ready for us to bring and usher in a revival, not only for our region, but for our world. If we only position ourselves to say, God, use me for your glory. Let's prepare for the journey. Let's prepare for Jesus' journey. Let's join him in prayer. Let's all stand together.